Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? It's Nick for Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host. I'm always trying something different at the beginning of the show, aren't I? Just to keep it interesting, you know what I mean? Trying to figure out what uh, what really gets you guys going. But as always, welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. And as always, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Nick's Nerd News. Check us out at nixnerdnews.com where you can find links to all the social media if, if you have trouble finding us in your normal search. Also, on our website, you can find links to the show at Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Or you can listen to it right there in your browser if, if, uh, if that tickles your fancy. But again, I just, I'm happy that you guys listen no matter where you listen, how you listen, or what you're doing when you're listening. Just as long as my sweet, sultry voice comes across those airwaves into your ears and you can listen well that sounds really creepy doesn't it anyway let's get right into it so e3 was a week ago we're 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 moving on and into the thick of summer here folks you could say and we're just gonna keep chugging along right into wherever the future takes us and going back into the the normal sway of things here and we're we're starting that show the show off with with video game news and of course most of it is still stuff left over from E3. So first couple things I I didn't want to talk about this l- last week and I got my, ahead of myself a little too much last week and wasn't so much as as breaking things down as as more of it was just kind of just hitting the story beats essentially. And that might be a little boring to some of you cuz I know you guys come here to to hear me just rant and rave and complain and praise certain things. And obviously we'll get to more things as, as time goes on. But my my biggest thing, though, some of these these were bigger news to me. And I, I just wanted to talk on that this week, I guess, is why I saved some of them. But one of the biggest things, though, that uh, came out... So Xbox, despite having their big press conference on Sunday, also had their little show um, inside Xbox... Uh, on Monday, the following day, but uh, they they announced some some other interesting nuggets in there. And one of those is that backwards compatibility is officially ending for the current Xbox One, uh, just so they said that the team can focus on the next one. So this is this is what they said. This is official quote from Microsoft. After this week, we have no plans to add additional original Xbox or Xbox 360 titles to the catalog on Xbox One. The, the main reason, it says, that the backward compatibility team will now help make the games you love playing on Xbox One compatible with future Xbox hardware. So, ultimately what that means is either they're making those games ready for the next generation console, or they're getting Xbox One games ready. Granted, it's kind of vague. My guess is it's on both. And since it was announced a couple years ago, uh, they've put pretty much over 600 titles between Xbox and Xbox 360 on on to the Xbox One. And they added about 30 games in this final push, essentially. And granted, we can still get a lot of these games in Games with Gold and things like this, but some ones that stand out, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb from the OG Xbox, all four Tom Clancy games from the OG Xbox, 
For three, Xbox 360, they added Asura's Wrath, uh, Far Cry Classic, Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is one of the first games on the 360, uh, the original Skate, uh, Two Human, and Unreal Term- Tournament 3. So that's, uh, and I guess Two Human is actually free to download right now. So that's pretty awesome. And on top of the backwards compatibility thing, uh, Xbox Project Scarlet, or whatever it ends up being called, will also work with your peripherals in some capacity. So you'll be able to bring all your controllers with you, pretty much all your games from from what it sounds like in other statements they've made in the past. And uh, they did specifically mention that the new Xbox uh, One Elite Controller Series 2 will work on the next Xbox. So that's pretty cool. So you're going to buy a almost $200 controller and you'll be able to take it onto the next one. So you don't have to buy new controllers or things like this. I, I'm sure... So this, this is my thing with the next one. Are they going to change the controller design at all? Because if you think back, the last console that I can remember that allowed you to use the same controllers was PlayStation 2, if I'm not mistaken. You could plug... They had the same plug on them. And it, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that's the last time. I know you can kind of use Wii controllers and GameCube controllers on, on the Switch, albeit with certain adapters and things like this. But... The, the the only one that I remember that was official was PS1 to PS2. I could be wrong. That's really awesome. My only thing is, if they do change the design, people are obviously going to want to keep a controller they love. I know there was complaints at the beginning of the generation about the controllers and things like this, but I actually prefer... And I thought the 360 controller was one of the best controllers I ever handed, held in my hand. The Elite controller is honestly right now the best controller I've ever held. I haven't used the Scuff controller at all or the one for PS4 or anything like that, but my biggest issue with the DualShock 4 on PlayStation is my thumbs hit each other on the joysticks when I play, so that, that can get be an issue on some games. But other than that, Will they have a bundle that doesn't have a controller next year? Probably not. Will they have uh, something with the Elite Series 2? Maybe. Um, granted, this is all speculation. We won't know pricing, bundles, anything like that until next spring at the earliest. So that's pretty awesome. They also said that they're aiming to have a first-party release every three months. I don't know if that's for the remainder of this generation or the next gen because obviously things are going to be moving pretty quickly starting this fall. I mean, hell, they have Gears in September, first-party release. Outer Wilds, which technically is a first-party release because it was in development before they purchased Obsidian. That releases in October. And uh, I don't I don't think there are release dates on anything else. But I'm sure starting next year or with the next gen, that's a goal of theirs. Or maybe it starts with Halo Infinite next fall. I don't know. That's a cool thing to hope for. They have enough studios to kind of back that up i mean after a while though that will work for a period of time but then you'll have a have to have some catching up to do and uh there were a couple things announced at their press conference that i just completely glossed over uh bleeding edge the new game from ninja theory the maker of hellblade sensua's wrath i think i said that wrong anyway uh it's their new 4v4 like melee multiplayer game a lot of people were talking like smack on it online because it leaked kind of early, but looks really fun. And like the heroes in it are very interesting. The art design on it was was really cool. I can't wait to see how that game actually plays because it, it has my attention. I will say that. It had this wild and crazy trailer that they dropped. It was a CG trailer, but I'm 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 interested to see what, what they do with that. I, I can't wait. 
to find out more. I'm sure we'll know in, in the, the next year or so. And obviously, things will... I don't know. I'm sure things will coalesce. Like I said, we'll know more at Gamescom about a lot of these things. Especially because some of these studios are European. So, I'm sure they'll either save it for that. Maybe the Game Awards. They, they that, That's got some new rev- relevance again. And of course, there's always next E3. Also... Uh, this actually came out before E3. I, I kind of saved it for this week because it was gotten lost in the everything going on. But Ubisoft, uh, the the game director for Siege, said that Siege will continue into the next gen in some capacity. So I don't doesn't sound like there's going to be a Siege two. But what it sounds like is that it will be cross gen in in some way, shape, or form, and that everything that you got will carry over. And I kind of got that vibe, too, with the Destiny announcement, uh, with it kind of moving forward and then getting like a central hub now for all games, and it's going to be more like a traditional MMO. So that's really interesting. I mean, Siege had a really interesting life so far. It, it didn't do well when it first launched, and then seemingly like a year later, it started just picking up steam and ended up being now is in the top 10, like on a consistent basis on games sold. And which is funny because you don't really see it on the same level talked about like Fortnite and other things like that. So good on them for doing that. I I personally wasn't a big fan of it. It was, um, I don't want to say it was hard for me because it, it wasn't. It was just not the play style I, I like. And it, it's a lot more like uh, Search and Destroy and things like that in Call of Duty. And that's not a game type I'm, I'm a huge fan of. So... That's probably one of the reasons I, I didn't really get into it. Did not keep it. One of the few games I've never kept. I think I gave it to a friend, actually. But uh, good on them. That That's what I'll say. Good on them. And and I, I don't need to like everything. I'm not going to like everything. So that's that. Also announced on Sunday during the Microsoft press conference, in the announcement for Gears 5, it was announced that if you play the game in the first week or pre-ordered or something like that, you'll get exclusive Terminator DLC. Yes, Terminator DLC, which has got to be one of the wildest crossovers for video game tie-ins DLC-wise in, in a long time. And and that's even counting the crossover with Mortal Kombat, was it uh, Mortal Kombat 10, where it had the Predator... And if you fought Jax with the Predator, you could also, uh, uh, whoever was playing as Jax would then be turned into Carl Weather- Weathers' character from the Predator. Okay, so we're like, we're reaching peak, like, 80s action flick tie-ins. The, the Terminator. And they showed it with this awesome trailer of a ter- Terminator holding the Lancer gun from, from Gears of War. What a crazy world we live in, isn't it? Crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd almost get gears just for that. And, and if, granted, if I do decide to upgrade to, to Ultimate Game Pass, which is like, I can upgrade for like a dollar and you get like two years free, which is insane. I don't know. They must be losing a ton of money on that. And anyway, yeah, Terminator. Friggin' Terminator, man. And, and, uh, a couple more things that came out of E3. It was confirmed by CD Projekt Red that Keanu will actually have the second most spoken lines in, Cyberpunk 2077, or at least his character, uh, whoever uh, that guy that uh, Johnny Silverarm or Silverhand, I think is his name in the in the in the game. Yeah, so he'll have the second most lines. That's really cool. So he is a main. He is pretty much the main character, uh, second protagonist, as, as as I think it would officially be called. So be on the lookout for that next April. And then in what I think is probably the the worst news, and th- this this just is 
very upsetting to me in in some way, shape, or form is that not all Pokemon will be catchable in Sword and Shield, and not all Pokemon will be available in Sword and Shield. So Famitsu, I think that I'm saying that right, was was interviewing um, Pokemon uh, producer Junichi Masuda at E3, and okay, that website's in Japanese. Can't can't read that. Anyway, they they were interviewing they were uh, interviewing Masuda-san at at E3, and he said that in so many words, uh, they'll only allow certain Pokemon will be caught included, and only the ones that are included in the in the Galar region Pokedex. Granted, we don't know how big that Pokedex is. We don't know how many new and old Pokemon are in it. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that none of the Alolan Pokemon are in it, because granted it's a different region. There's no real true explanation for Alolan Pokemon to be in it other than like trading and certain trainers to have them. Not in the wild, obviously. But I, he, he said that it came down to uh, the growing number of species and a balancing issue because so this this is this is his what he said and he had an interview with US Gamer as well. We already have well over 800 Pokemon species and there's going to be more added in these games. And now that they're on the Nintendo Switch, we're creating it with much higher fidelity with higher quality animations. But even more than that, it's coming down to the battle system. We're making sure we can keep everything balanced and give all Pokemon that appear in the games a chance to shine. It isn't just going to be all new Pokemon in the Galar region Pokedex. There's still going to be a lot of favorites that fan will be able, fans will be able to bring over that they've adventured with previously. So the biggest thing, and I've seen this online a lot, is a lot of people are, are still playing with Pokemon they have from the original games that they've been able to trade and transfer o- over time. And while that unfortunately doesn't apply to me, uh, before Sun and Moon came out and Ultimate Sun and Moon, I did complete the Pokedex. And what's upsetting to me is I have all these Pokemon in my game, probably should transfer them to my bank because uh, the last thing I need is for my my game to get wiped, but they're, they're all in there, but I won't be able to bring a lot of them in to Sword and Shield. And, and that's upsetting, and I know that's that's been creating a bit of havoc in the Pokemon community. And, and it is unfortunate. I, I understand it. The, the The thing I don't understand is the balancing issue because they've been able to balance them for years now. But I, I do understand that the, the taking time to create them in, in high fidelity and everything like this. But moving forward, it would be a, a, a not a good thing moving forward if this, continu- if this is a continuing trend. And I understand 800 Pokemon is a lot of Pokemon to work on. But the Switch allows you to do a whole lot more that possibly might not have been able to do on, on the DS and things like this. But what we need to, to realize, and I, I, I hope this happens, is as time goes on, I really hope that they add them in later in updates. God forbid they do some kind of microtransaction bullshit. I mean, Pokemon makes enough money when it sells anyway. But it would be really unfortunate if they start just letting ones fall to the wayside and then people forget about them. And every generation has varied in in the amount of Pokemon that they added. So obviously the first game, 151. Gold and Silver added 100. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald added 135. Uh, Diamond and Pearl added 107. Black and White actually added 156. So, So far that's the one that added the most. X and Y added 72, Sun and Moon added 88, 
so far we've only seen 12 announced for Gen 2, uh, Gen, what are we, Gen 8, Jesus Christ. And obviously each of those different generations brought in older ones as well. So if we follow the current trend, I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere between 70 and 100 new ones and, and some amount of the old ones. Well, unfortunately, instead of some of the older ones having like five, 600, this one seems like it's only going to have maybe 250 to 300 at the most. And I am a little upset with this as, as a Pokemon fan, and maybe I'll get over it, but we have six months to find out the truth of this matter, so it's not really worth getting all worked up over now, because a lot of things can change in that time. And uh, still got a, a couple more things to talk about here. Uh, Crash Team Racing, which comes out next week, and we'll, we'll talk about it on next week's show. Or, sorry, it comes out this week, we'll talk about it on next week's show. We'll get Spyro, DLC, and new tracks. And that starts in July, so just next month. Uh, the Red Dead 2, Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack, at least the songs inspired by the game and the, the songs with vocals, will release next month in July on the 12th. And then the original score soundtrack will release later in the summer. And then the last thing, uh, video game news I just wanted to talk about was the Forza LEGO Speed Champions DLC that released last week. Uh, played a lot of it this weekend. It is so fun. So on top of a game that was just amazing with Forza Horizon 4, the LEGO Speed Champions is great. It's a great addition, just like the Hot Wheels was on Forza Horizon 3. And the attention to detail is insane. So clearly, either Traveler's Tales or LEGO or someone sent them all the the high-res, or Traveler's Tales, I mean TT Games, sent them all the, the high-res uh, files on, on, on Lego bricks and, and elements and things like this. And even like the, one of the characters in, in the game, there are some minor characters that do voiceover work and things like this, get really deep into like Halo, like lore essentially. So the master builders explain what pieces were used to create the different cars. So right now there's the Lego McLaren Senna, the Lego Ferrari F40, and an old Mini Cooper, which are all real sets that you can actually buy. They also have some Lego creator sets to, to use to create, like, your Horizon Festival site. And then a couple of the other creator sets are used to make a couple different, like, Lego cities. It's really awesome. And the blending of that with, with like, real-world stuff is awesome, too. And the sounds, oh, man, the sounds are perfect. So when you crash into any Lego, like, um, environment pieces, it actually makes, like, that, that Lego sound. Like, if you played any of the Lego games, you'd hear it. But at the same time... You can go right from crashing into a Lego fence into like a real brick wall, and the sounds blend perfectly. And everything in like 4K, and I'm, uh, Horizon either runs at, I'm pretty sure runs at 60 FPS if I'm not mistaken, but everything is, is smooth, it looks gorgeous, the Lego vehicles drive very well, and instead of having like your character inside, they have like a giant minifigure driver. It's really awesome. And, and, it, it's so fun, and and even like I said, the detail is is insane. The map is all Lego based. There's a couple different places where it's all fits different like Lego themes, um, and the challenges in this one are to actually collect bricks so you can build your own house in the Lego section. So Forza has a Forza Horizon Four has an element where you can purchase like properties where you can have like your base of operations essentially separate from the the festival hub because it's all about like a car and music festival. But on the Lego side. 
uh, you, every challenge you do, you get more bricks, which you can st expand your house and do different things. So that that's a different fun element to it. And that's how you unlock the different vehicles as well. But the detail... So when you crash in the Lego vehicle, the parts... Uh, the bricks and the elements will fall fall off in a way that would on like a normal Lego set. So it's hilarious. The only downside in it is that it's just those three Speed Champion set cars. And unfortunately, it's not like the Lego Technic car sets or the Creator Expert sets, which is unfortunate because those are very highly detailed sets as well. And granted, I'm sure it was a lot easier to do the Speed Champion sets because those are a little bit smaller scale. But... Hopefully, maybe in some kind of D DLC in the future or something else, they can work out a deal with, with LEGO and those car companies to bring that version of the vehicle into the game, even though they're not technically part of the Speed Champions line, but they're still LEGO vehicles. Which, if they could do giant Hot Wheels cars, I, I think they could figure out a way to bring in like a realistic LEGO-looking set. Like, the, like I said, like the Technic set, like they have a Porsche and the Bugatti Chiron, or the LEGO Expert sets like they have the James Bond DB7 and the uh there's a Ford Mustang out right now and they had a Ferrari a couple years back so I'm sure they could figure it out that that's just one that's my only detriment to it and and can't wait to play more essentially but that's it for games talked a lot about them this week despite the fact that all of last week was was video games essentially um, but but let's uh, let's move on to to, to video game uh, to movies I should say and what a great way to transition with news that the Division movie uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain will now be moving to Netflix. Uh, still no still no release date on that. I don't even think they've started filming. But I I'm excited to see where that goes. That that's one video game property that will be easy to adapt. Granted, it's Tom Clancy based. Because granted, Tom Clancy died before the division became a thing. But Tom Clancy has a lot of movies out there. I mean, a lot of his properties have been turned into prop movies. Jack Ryan, for one. Pretty much every Jack Ryan movie is just a Tom Clancy because he created Jack Ryan. So that will be easy. Dark Phoenix, as we all know, came out last week. Unfortunately, had the distinction of having the lowest X Men opening movie or opening weekend. Uh, for an X-Men movie at around $33 million. Didn't even make number one. Uh, experts and people, I guess, who are in the movie business are projecting that it could lose between 100 to $120 million when all is said and done based off total returns and cost to marketing and, and production and everything like that, especially with reshoots, because I heard the, the movie total cost had ballooned up to like $350 million on that movie. So if they don't make close to that they'll they'll be facing a big loss for that and essentially it's a it's a good fitting essentially as it being the last fox x-men film before kevin feige and the marvel studios reboot it some years down the line um and and some news came out regarding those reshoots that delayed the film multiple times as it was supposed to release sometime last year but i guess the original ending had involved like gene gray as the phoenix like going through and blasting a bunch of ships in space very similarly to how Captain Marvel ended, and it also had the scrolls in some capacity. So the Fox rights and, and things like this with Marvel was very complicated. So we got the normal scrolls who were in Captain Marvel because Disney and that Marvel own the rights to the regular scrolls, while Fox actually owned the rights to the super scrolls. Yeah, so I, I don't 
know how all that works. That That's happening. And that's probably why it was reshot and delayed uh, almost a year and a half, if I'm not mistaken. I think the original release date was sometime in late 2017. But I, I could be wrong. I, I know 2018 was most of the original timeline. Uh, excuse me. It was originally supposed to come out in November of 2018. Uh, then it was delayed till February, and then ultimately releasing last week in June now. So that that happened. Uh, for fans of Ant-Man and Paul Rudd, such as myself and, and maybe some of you guys out there as well, uh, he's saying that if you guys want an Ant-Man 3, as of right now, he doesn't think it's in the cards, but that we need to petition Marvel and, and just get our voices heard and let them know that there's more Ant fans out there. And if we want it, we got to let them know so they can make it. I mean, I love Ant-Man. It's one of my top, both Ant-Man movies, or Ant-Man and the Wasp as the second one, are up in my top five of Marvel movies. Really like them. And hopefully we do get an Ant-Man 3. Granted, the Ant-Man movies don't make the the billion dollars like all the other Marvel movies. And, and that's a, a shame because Paul Rudd is great. And when you think about it, though, Ant-Man is like even... L- more or less known than Iron Man was kind of at the beginning of the MCU. If, if you think about it, back when the MCU started with Iron Man in 2008, Iron Man was still like a second tier character in Marvel Comics. You know, Spider-Man, the X-Men, Fantastic Four were always their top tier heroes. Granted, the Avengers are up there, Captain America, things like this, but Iron Man was somewhat second tier. Ant-Man was probably like third tier in terms of popularity comics-wise and things like this, despite creating Ultron in the comics, things like this. But when you look at the MCU as a whole, Ant-Man and Ant-Man at the Wasp are at number 20 and 17, respectively. So you can see that, granted, when you look at the totals for all of them, the original Iron Man is just barely above the first Ant-Man, but when you start taking into consideration, actually, but look at that. That's a, a 10-year, almost a 10-year gap here. Ant-Man came out in 2015, Iron Man in 2008. And when you compare them, uh, like adjusted for inflation and things like this, it doesn't hold a candle to it. So that's uh, that's the only thing downside. So if you look at just the U.S. gross for a lot of these movies... Ant-Man had 180 million, and the only things below it are the first Captain America movie by 4 million, and then the Incredible Hulk. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is okay, so they're pretty much in the same spot for US returns as well. Ant-Man and the Wasp, when you're looking at US, is 216, which is just below Doctor Strange and just above Thor the Dark World, which is interesting that the Thor movies do not do as well either except for Thor Ragnarok, which killed it compared to some of the other ones. But anyway, you can see why Ant-Man 3 might not be a thing. Quentin Tarantino gave a, a, a brief update on his Star Trek movie, said it will most definitely be rated R and have, I don't know how much violence would be in it, but there would be language. Uh, and it seems like production is more than likely to start, or pre-production, I, I, I assume, not production, more than likely to start after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is completed. I think he said a script was finished or completed, turned in, things like this. So 
we'll probably have more news as, as uh, we get closer to the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Samuel L. Jackson was recently being interviewed, said he wants another go as Mace Win- Windu in some form or capacity. He's like, hey, Jedis can survive big falls and even with an arm cut off, so you never know. Maybe he knows more than we do. Maybe he's just begging for a job. Uh, the Sesame Street movie with, with Anne Hathaway has been delayed to next year. Also heard that Diplo... I think it was Diplo, was announced as as, uh, creating music for the movie. Excuse me, Bo Burnham, who could not be farther from being anything like Diplo. Uh, Bo Burnham, the comedian, is going to be doing uh, music for the movie. Also announced is all the Spice Girls have signed on to be in an animated Spice Girls movie. Fresh off their final, and I say final in air quotes, world tour. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Not going to lie, I love Spice World. Really dug that movie. Had a huge crush on a lot of the Spice Girls when I was younger. No shame. No shame there. And Toby Emmerich, the head of Warner Brothers, after the lukewarm reception from critics, and unfortunately the box office returns seemed to be dropping on Godzilla versus uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, said that if it might be possible that Godzilla versus Kong might get delayed to later in 2020 to allow the studio to polish up the movie and and provide an a-plus experience for everyone that's really upsetting I, I hope it doesn't get delayed i hope everything gets done before next march because that's a movie that i cannot wait to watch really really stoked to see something like that because uh, the fights that they were able to pull off in king of the monsters versus uh like gitara and rodan and things like this with what they could do there I cannot wait to see what they do with King Kong in the next one. And who knows how many other, other uh, as they call them, Titans might be in the next one as well. We will see. And then a uh, final bit of movie news here. Uh, the rumored villains have been confirmed, not confirmed, for Matt Reeves's The Batman uh, going up against Robert Pattinson's Batman. Uh, and Catwoman and Penguin have been heavily heavily rumored since the beginning. I know ja- uh, a while back Josh Gad was petitioning to play the Penguin. But allegedly also the Riddler, Mad Hatter, and Two-Face. So it'd be nice to see a different take on Two-Face and the Riddler. Especially after the awful performances by... Granted, Jim Carrey put his all into the role as, as the Riddler in Batman Forever. Tommy Lee Jones looked like... He was not having fun as as uh, Harvey Dent Two Face. Um, granted, he was not the original. It was supposed to be Billy D. Williams continuing from Batman Returns, but obviously, after Tim Burton left the project, it made sense that uh, some of the other characters. That's why it went in a new direction with Batman Forever. But unfortunately, the Catwoman performance from Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito's Penguin are like top notch in Batman Returns. I could, I could see Josh Gad as the Penguin. I'd, I'd like to see how that turns out. The thing I'm very surprised, though, is Mad Hatter, or Jervis Titch, Titch in the comics. And that is an interesting take, because he's never really had a, a big role. He's, he's not top-tier Batman rogues gallery. Probably lower, a little bit lower on the list. Because just, I mean, he's mind control, so it's 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 a little bit harder to pull off in movies when you either try to go realistic or not. But they actually released a casting call uh, for some of these. And we'll start with Two-Face here. And granted, the Aaron Eckhart version of Two-Face was a lot better than the Tommy Lee Jones version, I'll say that. But we didn't get enough of him on screen. They, he's barely in the movie as Two-Face. But 
according to the casting call, they're looking for an actor, a male actor between the ages of 30 to 40, which puts him a little bit older than than what they're doing for Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, the Mad Hatter, they're looking for an actor between 40 and 50, obviously an older man. Uh, the Riddler, again, looking for someone between 30 and 40, and open ethnicity on that one. Uh, same with the Mad Hatter, I should say. I guess they're all open ethnicity from what I, I can see. Uh, also, for the Penguin, they're looking for a short, obese man with, with a long nose and looking for a male actor between 20 and 40, so someone a little bit younger. I guess if, if you've always wanted to play the Penguin, now's your chance. You know, And then Catwoman, uh, ages between ages of 20 and 30. Uh, right now, a lot of money is on... Um, what's her name? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. And then, oh, you know what? Firefly. I forgot. Firefly was not listed. He's still heavily rumored. He's not on like that confirmed list. Um, I wonder if he'll just be a minor role. Um, very C-list when it comes to Batman villains, despite the fact that he's been in uh, two different Arkham games. Actor between ages of 20 and 30. So if you're an actor who've always wanted to be in a Batman movie, here's your chance to play a villain. If you're between the ages of 20 and 40, for pretty much all of them. <laughs> Can't wait to see. Like I said, I'm, I'm excited for this movie. Uh, not as much as I was when it was Ben Affleck directing and starring. But I do like Matt Reeves. I do like what he's done. Still need to figure out my uh, my opinion on, on Robert Pattinson. I have none right now. So I'm going to be mum on him playing Batman. And granted, it's a younger version of Batman. Not so much... Uh, not so much like Batman Begins or, or Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, who's somewhat of a later aged Batman, uh, but this one seems to be like middle of the road Batman, not grizzled like the Ben Affleck one, not Batman Begins like a new one, but one who's been around for a little bit and uh, it's taken place in the 90s and things like this. So I'm, I'm excited to see, excited to see where that goes. I do like that lineup of, vi of villains. That's a good one, mainly because we didn't get a lot of them in in the Christopher Nolan films, and um, it'd be a nice take to see what a modern version of them can do as opposed to what we got in the uh, Tim Burton and god-awful, terrible Schumacher films. But that's that's it for movies. Let's uh, move on to TV here. Uh, this is a nice bridge, too, uh, considering it kind of straddles the line, but Mindy Kaling of The Office fame has actually had meetings with Marvel about the Kamala Khan version of Miss Marvel. Uh Kind of open-ended meetings, either a TV project or a possible movie project. But no other news beyond that. Uh, the Dune movie, the Dune reboot movie, not uh, Dune, D-U-N-E, not Doom, D-O-O-M, is getting a TV spinoff that will be on, uh, I forget which streaming service, but that was announced. Sci-Fi has already announced that they're developing a Lobo spinoff. I think I might have talked about this. Uh, the main man, the last Zarnian, the smooth, foul-mouthed, intergalactic bike-riding bounty hunter from DC Comics World. I wonder if this means that the movie's canceled. The Boondocks is also getting rebooted at Adult Swim with the original creator of the show. Maybe not Adult Swim, but uh, Sony announced that. My only question is why. That was a great show already. I don't see why it, it needs to be rebooted. But again, in today's world, you never know how it might take a stab at a lot of things have changed, actually, in the last, what, I think it's been 10 years since it originally aired. That that could tackle a lot of new topics, actually. Uh, Fast and the Furious is getting an animated series on Netflix. And one of the last things I ever expected to be an animated series. And then also, this is crazy news. 
but the creative team behind the 90s X-Men cartoon are getting ready to pitch a continuation of the series to Disney for Disney+. Plus. I would wholeheartedly welcome that with open arms. Loved watching 90s X-Men cartoon. Na, 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 na. You know, that was a great show. Fucking loved it. Professor X's like fucking yellow floating chair. That was great. And speaking of Disney+, Plus, Deadline has given us our first look at the new Chip and Dale cartoon. And nope, 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 kill it, burn it with fire. Does not look good to me. Do not like what they're doing. It's got a very, like, Chowder, Adventure Time-esque look to it. Not on board with a lot of modern anim- animation. A lot of modern animation is very lazy to me. Or it comes off as very lazy to me, I should say. Granted, Rick and Morty is in the same style, but there is a lot of detail and and nuance and stuff going on in the background of Rick and Morty that I did not get the same vibe from from Adventure Time or Regular Show or Chowder or or Gumball or whatever all those stupid fucking shows are. Those shows are terrible, melting the minds of people. Granted, you could have said that about Rocco and, and Ren and Stimpy and all other bullshit, but no, these shows are worse if you ask me. Seems like someone took a fucking uh, uh, LSD, went on an LSD trip and just put it on paper. And granted, that's what Ren and Stimpy is now that I'm thinking about it. God, I'm such an old man ranting about bullshit, aren't I? Oh, God, I'm getting old. That's it, though, for just the the, the normal stuff we talk about. Um, some other things were announced, though, that, that are really cool. Star Wars Celebration returns to Anaheim next year at the end of August. So August 27th through 30th at the Anaheim Convention Center in 2020, Star Wars Celebration Returns. I plan to be there. Uh, I've been to two other Star Wars Celebrations. Interesting that they're going to be there without a movie coming out. Uh, it's, it's odd for them to do that, actually. Maybe we'll get news on the Ryan Johnson trilogy or the uh, D&D trilogy, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. I always get their names mixed up. I probably said that wrong. Uh, the Phantasm who was the villain in what's considered one of the best Batman movies, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Phantasm, excuse me, will officially be joining the DC Comics universe in 2020 next year in the Batman and comic or Catwoman comic from Tom King. So the Phantasm is one of the few characters that has not made the leap to comics um, from the Bruce Timm era of the Batman animated series and things like this. Uh, granted, we all know the most famous one, Harley Quinn, and uh, Mercy Graves also uh, for on the Superman side. Um, but the Phantasm, who's a great villain, will be coming. Don't know who's going to be playing her. Uh, probably not. Um, was it? What's her name in the movie? Uh, forgot her first name, but Beaumont. Probably not going to be her. Uh, like we saw with the Arkham Knight was given a different identity when the Arkham Knight was added to the comics. But yeah, that's going to be in the Batman Catwoman comic from Tom King, who will be finishing his originally planned 100-issue arc in the standard Batman comic, but we'll be finishing it in that special series. Uh, He actually also came out and said why he will not be finishing. And DC was very friendly, kind enough to to allow him to do this. Um, It's because uh, it mostly has to do with his commitment to writing the New Gods movie for Ava DuVernay, which is perfect because he killed it on his Mr. Miracle comic, and also an unannounced TV project that he can't talk about yet. So they were kind enough to let him finish the story separately. 
Um, still no word yet, though, on who's taking over for the main Batman comic at the end of this year. And then Disney announced that Avengers Land uh, for Disneyland and Disneyland Paris will start construction uh, either later this year or early next year uh, in terms of, of being op- uh, in hoping to have that open within the next uh, two years or so. So if you guys are big uh, Avengers fans, and most of the world is, hence the billions of dollars the MCU has made, you'll be able to to experience it in person, uh, and they're hoping for the same interactive level as as, uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, This time, though, uh, it sounds like they will not be going to uh, Magic Kingdom in Florida, but that has to do with an old contract they signed back when uh, some Marvel stuff was added to Universal's Islands of Adventure in Orlando. So there's a lot of rules on Marvel properties at theme parks east of the Mississippi. That's a whole nother issue. But California Adventure this time will be getting the Marvel's Avengers land since regular Disneyland doesn't really have any more places to expand. And it will all be built around uh, Guardians of the Galaxy escape from no uh what is that ride called any anyway around the guardians of the galaxy ride and uh in a couple years and then disneyland paris as well so that's where uh, that's where that's going to happen i'm excited for that i'm hoping to get to galaxy's edge sometime either later this year or early next year i'm going to wait for that second ride to open just so i can get the full experience but that's what i'm waiting for i'm excited hopefully you guys are too that's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. You can also listen to us right in your browser at nicksnerdnews.com or find links to the show's other pages. Also at nicksnerdnews.com, you can find links to our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. Uh, Nick's Nerd News is where we're at on all of those. You can also just search for them yourselves in your preferred app and follow us there. Post a lot of memes, a lot of funny pictures. Also, I, I announce when every new episode is posted. So, so check us out there. To all my fans in the U.S. and abroad, thank you guys again. Can't wait to talk about more and more things in the coming weeks. Crash Team Racing. Uh, hopefully, maybe some some more movie reviews. Unfortunately, did not see Men in Black International this weekend. That's why we didn't talk about it. It just doesn't look like it's a, a good movie. I do still want to watch it. Love the Men in Black films. I actually watched Men in Black 2 and 3 this past weekend. Uh, just because I, I hadn't seen them in a while and wanted to check them out, see what, what I've been forgetting. <laughs> but uh, we will definitely, 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 definitely be talking about Toy Story 4 next week. That does come out next weekend. I will 100% be seeing that opening weekend, so we will be talking about it. But again, thank you guys for listening. Come back next week if you want my opinion on Toy Story 4, as well as Crash Team Racing. Thanks again. Catch you guys on the flip side.